Let's get educated. That's why we're here, to bring you the stories impacting K-12 classrooms and college campuses. It's time for a little education. Hello, everybody, and welcome. It's me, your rather young friend, uh, Katie Patrick, joined by a little bit older friend, Mr. David Fiorazzo. Now, just a reminder that if you want to support the work that this show or basically any of our shows are doing, consider getting yourself some sweet, sweet swag. Visit freedomproject.com slash store and get yourself a mug, a shirt, a hoodie, all of the above. Again, that's freedomproject.com slash store. All right, friends. Once again, it's that special time of week to check in with our old friend, Alex Newman. So Alex, what do you have for us this week? Thanks, guys. Glad to be here. <clears throat> so uh, the state of Indiana uh, just introduced a new bill. They're following this uh, national trend of trying to protect uh, parental rights. And so they've got a new bill now, SB 413, that uh, would, among other things, try to protect children from this uh, ongoing sexualization at school. Uh, and it, all, it would also uh, seek to promote transparency uh, so that parents can know what their children are being taught, what kind of surveys they're being getting, they've been getting, what kind of uh, quote unquote services they're going to be receiving, uh, especially related to their social, emotional, mental, physical, and behavioral health. Um, you know, a big part of this is the the transgender stuff, right? You've had schools all over the country now that have been caught uh, transitioning children to a new gender without uh, getting the parents involved. Uh, you know, the kid comes to school, uh, changes into a dress, uh, starts using female pronouns, uh, gets put on puberty blockers, uh, and the parents are, are kept in the dark the whole time. So this uh, legislation, SB 413, is aimed at uh, trying to rein some of that in. Uh, there's also uh, prohibition on providing uh, uh, instruction on sexual orientation and gender identity in K through 12, uh, which goes a step for, uh, further than the bill in Florida, which only blocked it until uh, third grade. But uh, you know, there's something of a loophole in here in that uh, the the instruction is allowed if it is considered uh, age appropriate and in accordance with state law. So uh, not really sure uh, how big of a loophole that is. Uh, I asked a few people. We'll see what comes out of it. There's also going to be a, an effort to amend that. <clears throat> to uh, to restrict this teaching no matter what. Uh, so we'll see what happens with that. Uh, and then finally, uh, any surveys or questionnaires or um, things like that that uh, the school wants to give to children first have to be shown to the parents, and then the parents are going to have to actually give their consent to that. And, and no uh, so-called services are, are going to be offered to children based on the results of those surveys, again, without the written consent of parents. So if a survey shows that a child uh, supposedly has some mental health issue or whatever, the, the school can't just start providing services. Uh, they've got to bring the parents into the loop and ask about that. Uh, and then finally, another uh, critical point in this bill is that there is an enforcement mechanism. Uh, parents have a, a way to file a complaint with the school, and then the school's uh, leaders are instructed or basically ordered to deal with it. If they don't, they need to explain it. Uh, and then if the issue doesn't get resolved, then the parents can eventually file a lawsuit. So uh, I did get some comments from the uh, senator who introduced this, Indiana Senator Gary Byrne. Uh, he says that the goal is to fight the indoctrination and the sexualization of children in schools. 
Uh, and he also said that this is what his constituents are demanding. He says this is what parents want. This is even what a lot of teachers in his district want. Uh, they're concerned about what's happening in the schools. And he says the schools are for education, not indoctrination. And that he uh, promised uh, his constituents that he was going to fight to protect children and that that is what he plans to do. Uh, I also talked to uh, the nonprofit Purple for Parents of Indiana organization, uh, Grassroots, a uh, very uh, influential organization. They're working to protect uh, parent parental rights and uh, family things. And uh, the, the president of that group, uh, Rhonda Miller, said that she is uh, fully and the organization is fully in support of Senator Burns efforts to protect children and to protect uh, parental rights. She said this is actually the only comprehensive bill in either chamber right now, the Indiana State House, that actually protects these rights on multiple fronts. And uh, she, she is uh, interested in the possibility of some amendments, but she does say that this bill uh, reinforces the fundamental right of parents to make the decisions about the upbringing of their children. Uh, as I mentioned, uh, you know, the, these parental rights bills, I covered this uh, at the Newman Report. They've been proliferating all over the country. Um, more and more states uh, have passed bills like this into law. And uh, also in Indiana, there are multiple efforts to protect children. Uh, last week, we actually talked about one that uh, protects children from these uh, so-called transgender surgeries and castration and other quackery. But uh, at the end of the day, if parents refuse to protect their own children, nobody's going to be able to do it for them, not the politicians, not the school board not Biden or Trump or anybody else. Uh, this is really a parental responsibility. So thanks, guys. Talk to you soon. Politician and radical Reverend Raphael Warnock invited fellow Democrat socialist Joe Biden to fill the pulpit the Sunday before Martin Luther King Jr. Day at Ebenezer Baptist Church in Atlanta. Now a Georgia senator, Warnock, as you may or may not know, is anti-Israel. He's pro-abortion, pro-LGBTQ, BLM, social justice, and has even admired fellow radical Reverend Jeremiah Wright, Obama's former pastor and spiritual advisor. You can see why the Biden administration chose Warnock and his church. I'm David Fiorazzo, and this is Christ and Culture. Invoke God, use spiritual language, dupe people into thinking you're a religious person. Democrats have been doing this for decades, mocking God in the process, calling evil good. Biden preached a gospel of works, righteousness, civil religion, social progress towards an earthly paradise, according to reports. Students of scripture would say he failed to handle the word of truth accurately and he ripped Bible verses out of context. He did. He also had problems reading the teleprompter again, uh, even trying to say the name of the liberal Supreme Court justice that he nominated and confirmed, Katanji Brown Jackson. Now, it's both interesting and tragic that this same church, now led by a radical politician, with Biden preaching to the leftist choir, was actually where Martin Luther King Jr. once preached. One thing Biden said was their job is to, quote, redeem the soul of America, even claiming that that was the goal of Martin Luther King's Southern Christian Leadership Conference. As he's been doing for several years also, uh, Joe Biden alluded to the battle of good versus evil. Guess what side he claims the Democrats are on? 
He also said the power to, quote, redeem the soul of America is in the hands of we the people. Hmm. Translation. Just keep voting for his political party of light and healing, unity and justice, and the nation will be redeemed by leftist saviors and progressive public policy. Now, what else did the opportunistic president say? Referring to Matthew 22:39 on loving your neighbor as you love yourself, Biden stated, quote, in that commandment, in my view, lies the essence of the gospel and the essence of the American promise. Nothing about Bible promises, right? But the biblical truth and the gospel is about being saved from hell and from punishment for sin. It's also about eternal life through Jesus Christ alone and faith in him. The good news is all about Jesus, his life, death, resurrection, ascension, and his promised return. We heard none of that. In the book of Acts, the apostle Peter, for example, wrote that this gospel offers salvation in Jesus Christ, quote, for the forgiveness of your sins. The two verses that Mr. Biden referred to are not the gospel but are what Jesus called the greatest commandments of the law. He said, on these two commandments depend all the law and the prophets. That's Matthew 22:40. To the early church, the command to love your neighbor as yourself was a summary of the law. The apostle Paul emphasized the true gospel that the early church first received, and he said this, that Christ died for our sins according to the scriptures and that he was buried, that he was raised on the third day, according to the scriptures, and that he appeared to Cephas, then to the twelve. After that, he appeared to more than 500 brothers and sisters at one time, most of whom remain until now, but some have fallen asleep. But what about this lofty idea that the soul of an entire nation can be redeemed? Joshua Arnold at the Washington stand put it this way. He said, Jesus is our redeemer because he shed his blood in place of ours. In the gospel, according to Biden, America's soul can be redeemed without blood. We, the people, can accomplish it on our own power without divine aid. End quote. So here we have a disconnect or else a purposeful deception. It seems our culture understands and defines the word soul very differently today because the humanists and Marxists on the left support values that are in opposition with Christianity and the inerrant word of God. It's interesting, almost exactly one year ago I wrote about this. I said, during the 2020 election cycle, Joe Biden's website displayed an interesting phrase in the upper left corner, battle for the soul of America or soul of the nation. Most people missed it at the time. The implication was this, the soul of America is at stake and those nasty, deplorable, evangelical Christians, conservatives, independents, and Republicans are the immoral ones who are hurting the country. In Atlanta, Biden again said, the battle for the soul of this nation is perennial and added that it is, quote, a constant struggle between hope and fear, kindness and cruelty, justice and injustice. Okay, so first, who do you think 
He is associating with fear, cruelty, and injustice. Second, many words, as you know, have been redefined by the political and religious left. Soul, justice, uh, church, love, equality, morality, tolerance, socialism, and even truth has been redefined. Just remember this spiritual worldview all comes down to three words, God or man. Practically anyone can use the label pastor, reverend. Any group or building can have the name church. And just about anything can be redefined to mean, oh, that's Christian. But there is only one true living God, and Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. Be warned, if your church, your life, and your words do not align with his teachings from the Bible, you might be deceived and need to repent. Worse, one day you may hear Jesus tell you, depart from me, I never knew you. Do you know him? Abandoned have been the timeless historical truths that God created the heavens and the earth, made mankind in his image, established two genders, and ordained marriage, family, and civil government. Biblical morality teaches absolute truth based on the fixed moral standards in God's word. Social justice apostasy or works righteousness teaches that man is God and morality is subjective, ever-changing with the times. Who can really know what's true, right? We hear that a lot. Anything then can be justified if it advances the leftist socialist revolution. So wrap this up. Love confronts evil. Love rejoices in the truth, stands up for what is godly and right and biblical, and warns others of the judgment to come. Jesus is the one and only Savior, authority, and solution. God bless you and keep speaking the truth about things that matter. Today's show is sponsored by our friends at MyPillow. Save up to 66% on pristine quality bedding, towels, slippers, signature pillows, and much more when you use the code EDUCATED. That's E-D-U-C-A-T-E-D, -E EDUCATED. Support this show and a great American company. Twenty-eight-year-old Bridget Klein Simpson has identified as a woman for years, and she wants to get into better shape, so she went to the Body Works Gym for Women in Parksville for a membership. Klein Simpson says she was initially welcomed, but after one workout, she was informed she was not allowed at the women's only gym. Saying, sorry, we made a mistake, you're not actually allowed to be here, but you're more than welcome to use the co-ed facility, and uh, I kind of just hung up, because uh, I was, I mean, I was extreme, extreme devastated beep, 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 beep. breaking news you are a dude that's it that's why you can't go to the women's only gym you can literally go to any other gym but you want the attention so here we are all right friends let's take a little time to find out what other stories are trending left and we're going to start with a female teacher an actual female teacher i do believe who wants to be like all the cool kids and call herself non-binary so i guess she's not female 
even though she is. And you can tell she's a rebel because she's got the bull ring hanging from her nostrils, you know. So the problem is that she's facing right now is not all of her students can be convinced of the rainbow indoctrination, which means it's time to be triggered in three, two, I have a student in one of my classes that's homophobic, transphobic, sexist, um, purposefully misgenders me. I went to the counselors today. I've been asking for a parent-teacher conference for months now. Hasn't happened. Counselors won't set it up. Um, but when I mentioned uh, the fact that he's misgendering me on purpose, I was told, well, some religions, you know, they don't have to do that because some religions don't agree with that. So they don't have to respect that. Now, I don't know if this kid is religious. I don't think he is, but the counselor sure is. And she made it obvious without directly saying it that she doesn't agree with who I am or my existence. So that's fun. And at the same time, you made it obvious so very clearly that you don't agree with that side. So it's it's okay for you to call out them for potentially being religious, even though you're not sure. But when it comes to you actively saying your beliefs, then they must listen. This is how it works. You must bow to them. Or what would a bull do? Anyway, staying in the activist world, we welcome a trans activist who has some knowledge to drop on a 14-year-old who made the 100% factual statement that only women can breastfeed and have children. <gasps> Here is a front row seat to how the indoctrination is carefully applied. You've got so much time to learn and be more open-minded and more kind and accepting towards other people. So let me just really quickly try and tell you why what you're saying is wrong and hurtful. Let's start with only women can give birth. I'm a man and I'm going to give birth. So you're already wrong there. But there are also lots of other people, people who are non-binary or intersex and they give birth. And again, they're not women. Then the term breastfeeding versus chest feeding. Well, for some people, it's actually just more comfortable to call it chest feeding. Some women who have experienced trauma or been abused, they might prefer the term chest feeding. But then we loop back around to not all birthing people are women. So not all birthing people have breasts, hence the term chest feeding. I understand that your opinions and your beliefs may be deep rooted and ingrained in whatever your parents have taught you to believe and that's okay you still have plenty of time to form your own opinions and even educate others in your life i understand that what you may be viewing as your beliefs is actually what was indoctrinated into you so i'm still going to hold on to what is true and look at history for not just a couple years more like centuries of time and also science because if you say you're a man, but you're going to give birth, that means you're biologically, you're a female. Reality hits you hard sometimes, kind of like that nose ring. There's a theme today. Anyway, uh, did you know that there is now something called period poverty? Yep, period poverty. And apparently it uh, mostly affects people who aren't women, but are really women. Anyway, let's learn more. Period poverty doesn't just affect women. Two-spirits, trans men, non-binary people, and genderqueer people can all have periods. And arguably, period poverty may be higher in these populations. Here's why. You ever seen a tampon dispenser or a box of free tampons in a men's bathroom? What about a period aisle not labeled feminine hygiene or pink boxes all around it? Periods can be a really tough and dangerous time for people that aren't cisgender women. So if you're donating period products or putting them out in your workplace or school, make sure they're in all bathrooms. Or at least that all people have access to these products. Because blood has no gender, baby. 
Yeah. So what she's trying to argue here is that you should have all of your period products, as she calls it, paid for. What about all the women who've, since the beginning of time, have dealt with and worked through having their period and getting the period products? We've been able to do it just fine. So all of you who think you're no longer women, that you're other things, but you still get your period, bring the products yourselves like we've been doing since the beginning of time. All right, we're going to finally wrap things up with pronouns because period pronouns, why not, right? With more than 1.5 million, basically, kinds of pronouns being used around the world, why not just go in the opposite direction and say that no pronouns will be used at all? Yep, that will teach us to follow yet another made-up rule. Here we go. Whether you're agender, non-binary, or just no pronouns line with you, you can use no pronouns. This means instead of using any pronouns to describe this person, you would be using their full name. I'll use myself for an example. Knowing my pronouns are they them, you would say, oh, they went to the store and then they recorded some TikToks. But if I were to use no pronouns, I would say, oh, Rachel went to the store and then Rachel recorded some TikToks. Some folks who use no pronouns will also sort of abbreviate their name to create their own pronoun. For myself, perhaps I decide that I want my pronoun to be Ray because Rachel is too long for me to say sometimes. Then I would say, Ray went to the store and then Ray recorded some TikToks. That way I'm still not using any pronouns that exist or any gendered pronouns. Instead, I'm almost using my own nickname as a pronoun. And you're also not using many brain cells because if you can't say Rachel two syllables, then we are just completely doomed as a society. As a civilization. And really, there are about a million and a half pronouns with this type of nonsense happening. But finally, finally, that is going to wrap up this segment. Now make sure you are sending us some of the craziness that you get to witness out there by emailing media at fpeusa.org. And hey, I want to feature a clip with you with the clip you sent so if you uh send us a clip you'll get a special shout out it'll be lovely at least there needs to be something lovely on this segment but for now just know that uh we're gonna have a whole lot more craziness next time until then stay sane if you have a smartphone tablet roku or apple tv consider downloading the freedom project media app it's 100 percent free and includes all of our weekly shows plus lecture series, archive programs, and award-winning animated videos for families like the Presidential Minute, Battles of America, and Heroes of the West. Don't rely on the social media giants to keep you informed. Simply download the Freedom Project media app from your app store and allow notifications. And we'll let you know when a new video is ready. Let's wrap things up by debuting a brand new addition to our Heroes of the West series. We've covered Marie Curie. We've covered Shakespeare, Winston Churchill, uh, Nikola Tesla, Aristotle. Can it, will I go on? Uh, now, without further ado, we present to you Johann Sebastian Bach. Enjoy.
When considering the remarkable music of Baroque master Johann Sebastian Bach, Karl Barth once observed that whether the angels play only Bach when praising God, I am not quite sure. This testament to Bach's musical genius is a fitting overture to a discussion of one of classical music's most accomplished composers and musical prodigies. Bach was born on March 31, 1685, in Eisenach, in modern-day Germany, to Johann Ambrosius Bach and Maria Elisabeth Lammerhurt. Music and the name Bach went hand-in-hand, hand, as generation of Bachs before Johann served as professional musicians. The last of eight children in the Bach household, Johann was destined to follow and completely outshine his ancestors in the art of music. Bach had a trying childhood. Over a span of eight months, he lost both his mother and his father. At the tender age of 10, Johann Sebastian was sent to live with his eldest brother, Johann Christoph, who was 14 years his senior. By this time, the boy had already been introduced to the organ, violin, and the art of musical composition. His brother further taught him the clavichord and passed on much of the extensive knowledge he had acquired from his friendship with Johann Pachelbel, one of the most accomplished teachers and composers of his day. At 15, Bach began attending the prestigious St. Michael's School in Lüneburg. During this time, Bach was exposed to a wide range of European music, which would deeply influence his later work and spur him on to become one of the foremost composers in the history of music. As a student, his passion and attention to detail set him in a class above his most talented peers. When a piece of organ tablatures copied by the teenage Johann Sebastian was discovered in 2005, Bach scholar George B. Stauffer remarked that the copy showed a disciplined, well-trained teenager deeply committed to learning his craft. Young Bach was also a devoted walker, enjoying long excursions. It is reported he once walked 560 miles, 280 each way, to visit fellow organist and composer Dietrich Buxtehude in Lübeck. After graduating, Bach spent a short stint in 1703 as a Weimar court musician and then became organist at several churches before returning to Weimar in 1708. During this period, Bach married Maria Barbara Bach, his second cousin, who bore him seven children before her death in 1720. After Maria's death, Bach married Anna Magdalena Bach, who would go on to have another 13. Sadly, only 10 of Bach's 20 children survived into adulthood. Four of his surviving sons followed their father down a musical path. Professionally, Bach began composing in earnest during this period, developing his unique style within the framework of Baroque music. The Baroque era of Western music spanned the period between 1600 and 1750. The term Baroque comes from the Portuguese word Baroco, meaning misshapen pearl. Baroque music was founded on the idea of common practice tonality, an approach to writing music in which a song or piece is written in a particular key. During the period, composers experimented with ways of creating a fuller sound for each instrumental part, a strategy that would give rise to the development of the orchestra. The latter part of Bach's life, from 1723 until his death in 1750, is known as the Leipzig period, a time of artistic achievement in which Bach produced at least 300 cantatas for church services. These multi-movement pieces, written for singers and or instrumentalists, can last 30 minutes each, meaning that Bach produced the equivalent of 150 albums by today's music standards. And that's just his cantatas. Some of his most well-known compositions include Toccata and Fugue in D minor, Air on the G-String, The Well-Tempered Clavilla, 
and Mass in B minor, just to name a few. His output of Christian music was both prolific and virtuoso, offering some of the most moving and uplifting spiritual music ever composed. Even composer Felix Mendelssohn identified this music as the greatest Christian music in the world. He further remarked that if life had taken hope and faith from me, this single chorus would restore all. With badly failing eyesight, Bach underwent eye surgery in 1749, but the procedure was botched, leaving him blind. The following year, he suffered a stroke. Johann Sebastian Bach died on July 28, 1750, at the age of 65, leaving behind a legacy of music that would propel him into the ranks of Mozart and Beethoven. The music of Johann Sebastian Bach demonstrates intellect, sophistication, and beauty. But above all, it extols the love and mercy of the Christian God. In his own words, the aim and final purpose of music should be none other than the glory of God and the refreshment of the soul. Soli Deo Gloria, to the glory of God alone. Well, I hope you learned a lot. And if you want to watch our full Library of Heroes of the West episodes, you can find them all on our Freedom Project app. And you should. Yes. You really should. And you can uh, download that for free, I think. Oh, you betcha. You betcha yeah. you can do it for free. All right, well, that's going to wrap up Educated for this week, David. Did you learn one thing, maybe two things this week? Actually, three. Three whole things. Three things. So good. Yes. What a good student you are. Almost one a day. <laughs> and it's keeping the doctor away. <laughs> well, for Katie and myself, thanks for watching, for listening, and, of course, supporting the show. And until next week, stay educated, America. Educated is directed and produced by Mike Menzel. Hosted by Katie Petrick and David Fiorazzo. Makeup and hair by Katie Scholl. Graphics designed by Dan Kaler. Educated is owned by Freedom Project Media. See other shows and content at freedomproject.com or download the Freedom Project Media app. Copyright 2023.